Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm the host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Rochelle Grow. And here's a bit about Rochelle. She is definitely a woman on a mission, y'all. She is a firecracker. But most importantly, she is the co-founder of Cut, Cut Class and the host of the Allergic to Small Talk podcast. Stay tuned so you can know what that's about later on. By cultivating new networks and reaching out to old connections, Rochelle has been able to grow her former careers and businesses in California, New York, and now the UK. She now teaches others to do the same. So whenever you have experience and you take that experience and help others, it makes the world create so much synergies. Rochelle focuses on teaching first-time small business owners the ABCs of business networking. This often leads to sales for their business, collaborations with other business owners, and connections that last a lifetime. And without further ado, I'm going to let Rochelle Grow tell you more about what she does on the scenes as well as behind the scenes. So welcome, Rochelle. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for the warm introduction. My pleasure, Rochelle. And we know that a bio is just a bio and you can't put everything that you do in a bio. So give us a fun fact about you. A fun fact about me. Let's see. I have, it's so unrelated to work. Um, I have a left, I have a screw in my left knee. Oh, <laughs> That is a fun fact. (laughs) But you know what? It's those fun facts that makes each one of us uniquely us. Because who would have known that you had a screw in your left knee unless you told us, right? Right. (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about business networking for first time small business owners. And I think that is so important because whenever someone leaves maybe the E bucket, which is the employee bucket, and they go into the B bucket, business and ownership and et cetera, you're that one person that does it all until you're able to scale up in your business and really outsource the things that you need help with. But in the beginning, you're the accountant, you're the marketing person, you do everything. And sometimes you can easily hit that period of burnout. So what does that look like for you? And how did you help others really navigate those uncharted territories? Oh, that's such a great question. Avoiding burnout and avoiding the overwhelm. I think it really comes down to having a, a system and structure in place. And then secondly, a workflow. So when I say systems and structures, that is going to look like perhaps like a project management software system. You mentioned, um, people leaving the e-bucket and going to the b-bucket, maybe they're saying bye-bye to their nine-to-five and they're saying hello to like freedom and with their new business that they're passionate about. But what often gets missing, what's missed is that those systems and structures that that nine-to-five had for us. They had that system where you could clock in for work or you had your email system set up. You had Um, a computer set up for you. But then when you're a business owner, guess what? 
you have to do that all yourself and you have to go through that trial and error. What works for me? What calendar works for me? What, what system is going to be best for my workflow? So that is how I really manage um, my business and how I help others manage their business as well is, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing in your business. If you can't contain it all in one area to manage it, it's going to become very overwhelming. That is so true because I spent 12 years in oil and gas and now I'm in the entrepreneurship bucket and just running um, my own business and as well as doing things with my husband's business. He's a chef by trade and we also do um, weddings. So he's efficient, he's a chef, and then I help with all the coordination, so the logistics. And one thing that I learned is even though you leave that nine to five job or you're no longer in that place, you could still take those SOPs, those standard operating procedures that you learn. You could still leverage some of the connections that you made because that person may not always be with that company. And if you build a good rapport and relationship with that individual and you know there is subject matter expertise, um, whether it's in IT and you need an IT person in your business, you could say, hey, would you like to do a barter system or would you like to negotiate pricing or whatever? Um, same with marketing. If you meet someone that is like so amazing at marketing and it will definitely help you with your workload, then reach out to them and um, have a virtual tea or coffee chat. Um, get to know that person and see if you could really do a collaboration together that will complement not just your business, but their business, because maybe they're growing. Maybe they may be working that nine to five, but they're building their own business on the side. You never know, but um, until you ask, right? Right. Absolutely. And I feel like sometimes, and you're an expert in this, in the, the small business, I feel sometimes when people get into business, they think that they're in business by themselves and they <laughs> feel like they have to do everything because they don't want to look like a failure. They don't want to look like, oh my gosh, I left this nine to five. People told me I was crazy. I was leaving these benefits. I was leaving all this stuff with structure and stability and stepping into the world of unknown, but how much is it costing you to sleep on your dreams if you stay in a place that is not building you up? Right. It's so true. It, it is so true. And really, it's just duplicating that comfort in your own business. So let's talk about how you scaled up because you mentioned building up California, New York, <laughs> the UK, and those are different markets and different territories. And each clientele is going to need something a little bit different. And I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hope, I think, I hope. Um, so, you know, I think what was really great, what you just mentioned was, you know, utilizing the experience as well as the connections from your nine to five and kind of taking that along with you as you grow into whatever it is you're passionate about and whatever it is that you love. And so that's kind of what I did. I was in the trash industry for eight years. And I think we kind of come from not similar in terms of like, um, industries. However, I think it's similar in terms of maybe it's like a little bit more, you know, suited and booted and it's a little bit more corporate, right? Like I'm assuming that. Um, and so I was in a, um, very much a community development, um, role where, um, not everybody likes trash companies, right? So I had to go out in the communities and develop these relationships with nonprofits. I sat on board of directors. I, um, 
was sitting on a lot of different committees because I was trying, we were wanting to make sure we had really great relations with our community and giving back as much as possible. So that's how I developed really strong relationships with the community leaders, as well as like local government. And then from there, I take, took that experience and I went to New York and I utilized that corporate background to work internally with, with a team that wasn't super polished. And I got them to a level where we were able to work with some bigger clients. And then I realized, you know what, like that experience that I got from that corporate background, I took to New York, I built my business there my career there, excuse me. And then I replicated it again when I started here in in the UK, because I just really did the same thing, going out and creating those genuine connections. And I was able to launch my two businesses. So here I am for four years later. That is amazing because, you know, waste management and trash, it's not a sexy job, but it's a job that is necessary. And I can't tell you enough. Like sometimes when I see the trash personnel or waste personnel, how do you guys like to be addressed? First of all. So I used to, I love to make, I love to have like a, a funny name for myself and my gals in the industry. We used to call ourselves trashy ladies and <laughs> So it was a really fun, fun little like title we gave ourselves, but really it's just, you could call them like trash men, trash women. It doesn't really matter. Like um, it's, or bit here in England, they're called bin men, bin women. Um, yeah. Or, you know, yeah, basically that's basically it or ru- rubbish, you know, there's like a, the rubbish company. Oh, okay. It sounds or- weird. <laughs> Or like sanitation. And sometimes whenever you put something out and you know they may not necessarily take that item, what I like to do is build a rapport with them. So I'll, especially if it's a hot day, I like to ask, do you want some water? Or if I have some sodas, I'll go out and give them sodas and waters. And the guys that come through my neighborhood, a lot of them are um, of Hispanic or Latin origin. So when my dad was alive and he was here, he would always talk to them in Spanish. And I feel like I am the melanated version of Selena because my dad was from Curacao so off the tip of (laughs) Venezuela so like my Spanish is enough to order my food but not enough to be dangerous so like I would like have to practice um a little bit with the guys and then you know they started taking stuff that I was putting out because I was like where else am I going to take this I don't own a truck like I don't want to go borrow my brother's (laughs) truck and try to haul this off so whenever I I built that report now when I put something out they'll wave if I'm out there or I'll give them something to drink and it's just those little small things and you may not think that it makes a world of difference but to them a small gesture makes a world of difference because sometimes people only see them oh that's just a trash man or the trash woman or the sanitation person when if it's not for them your house will stink because no one is taking away the garbage 100 percent. yes absolutely and that's a part of um, networking in a sense, even though it's not like the B2B business to business networking, but it is the B2C business to consumer because you never know where that person may end up later on. They, they, they may be the sanitation person today, but they may have another business that they're building on the side and then your paths cross again. They'll be like, oh, that was the lady that gave me water <laughs> or soda or whatnot. And then you see how a business connection is grown right there, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I always say like the services that people use, it, you, you can consider networking with them by literally giving them a bottle of water or just saying thank you. And that goes such a long way. <laughs> 
So now let's dive further into business networking, because I feel like networking is a area that we all need, no matter if you're in a small business, a large business, midsize, or if you're just that employee, because sometimes it's not always about what you know, but who knows you. Right. So business networking is so much fun. I really love it. I really enjoy it. And I think um, it also just comes down to just being very curious about people and really just loving to learn about them as, as human beings. And really networking is connecting with another human being. You and I are connecting. We're networking. And I think sometimes people get that confused with um trying to be that like pushy person in the room or not wanting to get that approach, have that pushy person approach them in a room when really it's just simple. It's just connecting with another human being in the grocery store, on the street, your bin man or woman or person, and it doesn't need to be so complicated. And I think where people really get stuck is the mode in which they connect with people. Um, is it connecting online? Are you connecting in person? Are you connecting in your fitness class? And so I think that's where people get a little caught up. Is it the mode in which they actually connect with another person? That is so true. And even networking has changed because we used to do a lot of F to F, which is face-to-face networking. And then when the pandemic hit, the world was at a standstill. So that pushed everyone to be Zoomers where we were like virtually networking via Zoom or having those happy hours and trying to stay connected with people. But then whenever the world opened back up, people were ready to get out and get back to their norm. So we started to see happy hours. We started to see mixers and meetups and etc and what I tell people is you know I've I've gotten to where I where I am now by networking but I always make sure when you network with people it should be mutually beneficial it shouldn't be one-sided where you're taking from that person you should always have a take and have a give so you could build and grow together because I tell people collaboration is not the new competition collaboration is a way to complement one another so you could really create those synergies and those long-lasting relations and really grow and another thing with networking Don't be afraid to ask and look for ways where you guys are more similar versus different. Yes, absolutely. That's so true. And, you know, it's impossible for us to buy a product from everybody that we know that we're networking with. It's impossible for us to buy their, buy a service from everybody, but what we can do is give everybody as much attention as we can, as with the time that we have available. And whether that looks like a collaboration, you and I are collaborating on a podcast right now, and I'm so thankful. Um, and you just never know, like maybe in a, in a month, I'll, I can meet somebody that's like looking to be a guest on a podcast. And I could say, you know what? This is such a great podcast. You need to be on it. Go check it out. She's so awesome. You know what I mean? But You just never know where where those relationships will grow. But um, I remember interviewing somebody a while back and his his name is James West, super great person. And he's saying, you know, take a look at like networking, almost like a big tree with all of these different branches. You can see all of the branches, but don't ever really like cut any of them off. And some of those branches are are going to grow bigger and grow leaves because you're, you're watering them and giving them attention. And other of those branches will maybe just stop growing at certain points because of where you're at in life. 
maybe you've switched careers. And in my case, I've moved countries. So you just never know where those branches and where those leaves will start to sprout, depending upon where you're at and where other people are at in their journey of life. That is so true. And let's talk about moving countries, because when you leave the U.S. and you go to another country, the cultures may be, um, the cultures not may be, they are different. The way, <laughs> the way people interact with you is different. The mannerisms are different. Maybe even the language is different. So how did you personally feel leaving the U.S., going to the U.K., and what was the driving factor for that transition? So I moved to the UK because uh, my husband, my husband's um, British. And when we were taking a look at who was kind of going to make the jump and the move, it was decided that I would make the move. I'm in business. He's a doctor. And so uh, for him to practice in the US, he would have to go through like all of these crazy exams and he would lose his rank um, where he is as a doctor at the moment. So I said, okay, business can really transition anywhere in the world. So I will go there and I will start from scratch. Um, which is a blessing and a curse, was a blessing and a curse all at the same time. But um, yeah, even though England has the same language as America, it was very challenging. The culture is different. The way that um, English people prefer to network, the, um, the speed at which business gets done here is much slower. And I was coming from New York and it was just very frustrating in the beginning. So I, for me, it was literally about slowing down and learning. Let me understand a, the culture and let me understand how people do business here in another country. Cause it's very different from California, very different from New York and is very different from the U S in general. So that was my first rule of order was let me just learn and understand and not even try to get to that next point in my networking, um, agenda. Cause it's just not going to get there. So yeah, the first thing I did was learn. And then I just started to explore, um, for me, understanding like where were my ideal clients. And then I started to go into uh, spend time in those groups where I could find my ideal clients or meet people that had connections to people in those, um, to my ideal clients. That is beautiful. And I like how you took the approach to step back and analyze. And so I call it the peeling the onion back. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you had the onion, the onion was the UK, but you didn't necessarily know what the core of the onion looked like. So you <laughs> peeled it back by learning. You peeled it back by assimilating yourself with the new territory, the new culture, and the way that people do business. And then once you had some of the key components down and you knew that okay I'm knowledgeable enough so I could you know complement where I am and really build up or branch out as you talked about the branches analogy then you were able to take what you learned and transition that into networking and then from networking you're like who is my ideal client who is my ideal avatar and you started to assimilate yourself with those groups of people and the people who have connections to where you're trying to go or who you're trying to meet and that's very important because sometimes in life we want everything boom 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 especially <laughs> coming from a fast pace um, yes. <laughs> fast paced place as New York and California then you get to a place that's maybe snow as a, a slow as a snail and you're like oh golly could things move any slower but then 
then you have to, you know, have that paradigm shift and really look at things from a holistic approach. And that's what you did. And that's what make what makes you successful, Rochelle, because how many people do you think will take the approach you did in order to slow down, take a step back and keep on going? Because they're like, man, my business is at a standstill. I'm not making any money. If I'm not networking, I'm not growing. If I'm not growing, then I'm stagnant. Like, do you do you ever think that those thoughts cross your mind? Because it's not always easy. Business is going to have ups and downs and you're going to face trials and tribulations, but it's those things that stretch you as well as strengthen you. Yeah. And I think that I call it the negative solo conversation. And I think that negative solo conversation can totally consume us as business owners, um, especially if you're used to performing at like a high level and you're so used to results and you're so used to results coming quickly. Like that negative, like solo conversation can really like knock you off your rocker. So I think what's super important in that respect is one, having a, your, uh, having a big giant why. My big giant why is having the freedom and flexibility to choose to do what I want and help the people that I want in my life. But also because of my husband and my son, like I, those are like my big, my big, big whys. But then outside of that is having a really strong mentoring support structure, because sometimes you are, you can't see your blind spots. Sometimes that negative solo conversation is dominating. It stinks sometimes. And when you can have a, a team of mentors or just a mentor taking a look from the outside in, they're able to see your blind spot where you necessarily can't because you're so close to what it is that you are up to in the world. So that brings me to this question. Whenever you transitioned, did you ever think about hiring a business coach or consultant to just help set you up on the path of success since you are going into something that was unfamiliar to you, but it wasn't going to stop you from reaching the level of success that you wanted? 100%. I'm all about... um, learning. And also, I'm also really about investing in upskilling myself. So can I learn on YouTube and, and piece, piece things together to get me to point Z 100% would, but can I also invest in somebody that can tell me how to get to Z quicker? 100%. That is how I choose to learn. I do have a business coach and he's been working with me for the last four years. His name's Scott Forge. He's such an awesome human being. And he was able to guide me on English culture, understanding business here, but also really being able to pick me up when I was down, when I was having those negative conversations about myself, um, not understanding just like basic, some basic business things because my head was so clouded. So yeah, I think, um, Having a business coach is so great. And it's definitely one of the tools in my toolbox that I utilize as a business owner. Yeah. And I think having a coach and someone that has been where you are and has superseded is so vital to your business and your personal and professional growth because they could give you um, advice that you may have not thought about. They also challenge you to step outside of your comfort zone. And sometimes they always you know, push you to do something that you may not necessarily want to do, but then after you do it, you realize that it was necessary for your overall growth. Yeah. So I want to jump into some of your statements. So 
Um, you mentioned small business owners. Um, you help say things like this. I've started my business and I know <laughs> I need to network. Ugh, networking is daunting. I don't know where to start. I don't have time to network, but I know it's super important. I don't know what to say about me or my business. And I feel like, you know, the things that some of those people say, those are things that may be in their current paradigm. And if they shift their mindset and their focus, they'll see how they're able to level up. So how do you help those individuals who say those four statements to you overcome and get on the right track? Yeah, so it's really about understanding who they are at like their personality. Everybody has a unique type of way that they like to, that they prefer to network. There are four types of networkers in the world. There's a shark, there's a penguin, there's a bee and a lone wolf. So let's explore those a little bit in detail because I'm not too familiar. So the shark, the penguin, the bee, and what was the last one? The lone wolf. The lone wolf. I've never heard those. Well, the shark is that typical like salesy person in the room. They're probably going around to every group. They're taking a giant bite out of the group and then they move on to the next one. And they're really like that kind of that predator that's in the room that sometimes we get a little like shook by because their personality is so big. So that's kind of the shark networker. The, ne the next one is a penguin. And so the penguin networker is similar to a penguin that chooses to have a mate their entire life. This particular networker chooses to stay with one person the entire event. And then if they see that person at another event, they're going to stick with them again. And they kind of continue on staying with that particular person. And it's okay to start out networking that way because you can draft off of that other person's like connections. Maybe you draft off of their conversation and then you can maybe move into another type of networking personality. The next one is a B. So the B is the type of person that's flying around from each group and they're, they're smiling. Everybody knows them. It seems like they've known everybody for years. And not only that, they will go back to their beehive and they will spread all of that good goodness with their beehive and figure out how they can make connections between the people that they've met in the room and the people that they have back in their beehive. And the last one is a lone wolf. So a lone wolf is that person that probably hangs out by the, the condiments and the beverages and just chills there and, you know, isn't really interacting with a lot of people, but it doesn't mean that they don't like to network. It just means they prefer a different way of connecting with somebody. And it might be more on that one-to-one -one level. It's that one-on-one -on -one personal connection that they enjoy. And so when people can figure out what type of networker they are, a, it's totally okay to, to fall into one of those types of buckets or fluctuate between them. It's okay. It's just understanding the networking ecosystem that's important. So that's where we start is let's just take a look at the game and let's figure out which player you are. And so that's where we start. And then we take a look at their business. What type of business do you have? If you're a plumber versus a lawyer, you probably might be doing two different types of networking styles networking types, styles, excuse me. One might be doing like a chamber of commerce while the other one's doing something like very, 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 very tight and buttoned up. So it really just depends on, you know, what it is that they, their personality, what type of business they have, and then it sets them in the direction of what's the next step. Oh, nice. And then do you have them do an assessment to kind of figure out where they fall? Shark, penguin, bee, or lone wolf? 
Yes, there's a quiz I've created that um, I share with people and in about two minutes they can figure out what type of networker they are and then getting and then they'll get tips and tools on their next steps based on their networking type. Oh, wonderful. And then as we wind down, Rochelle, I want you to tell the listeners and viewers one or two gems that has, you know, sustain you, but also can help them either learn something new, inspire them or motivate them to level up when it comes to business networking, whether they're in a small business or thinking about venturing into one. Okay, great. So I'm One is definitely um, educate yourself in areas that you may find um, that you don't know about. So for example, I didn't understand how to um, launch an online course. I figured out how to launch an online course. I didn't understand how to... um, launch a podcast. I, I took a course to understand how to launch a podcast. I didn't understand how to do social media from a business perspective. I understood I took a course to learn how to do that. So if there's something in your business that you don't understand, or there's like a pain in your business, go out and seek the knowledge because our world, it, the knowledge is so accessible for you and you don't need to be in a classroom to learn it. You can learn what you need to be, to be a successful business owner right from the comfort of your home, on your phone, on your laptop, driving in your car. So there should be really no excuse for you to not learn something in your business because it's literally at your fingertips. So that's number one. Um, Number two, I would say if there's something that you're really uncomfortable doing, like for example, um, I was so uncomfortable with doing reels and TikToks and going live on like social media because I thought I would look stupid. I thought that people would judge me, like people that didn't know I owned a business. And now look at her. She owns a business. What is, who does she think she is? So when you have those uncomfortable conversations, lean into them and do it anyways. It will be uncomfortable in the beginning, but then it becomes a muscle that you develop and it just becomes a part of your workday. That is amazing because you have to massage the muscles and tenderize it and you have to work those muscles in order for them to stay loose and limber because if you don't, then you could easily tear something. So I love those tips and education. I can't stress that enough, like education, (laughs) education, education, because we've all heard knowledge is power. And if you want to level up, you need to be willing to learn something new to set yourself apart, to also give you that competitive advantage. And Rochelle, tell the listeners and viewers how they could connect with you on social media, link up with your business, and just if they want you to like kind of guide them or mentor them, plug plug your information, girl. Sure. So you guys can find me on Instagram or TikTok at It's Row Grow. That's I-T-S. R-O-G-R-O-H. You can find me on LinkedIn at Rochelle Grow. You can also find my website and it's called letscutclass.com. And my podcast, of course, is called Allergic to Small Talk. 
And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. You just heard none other than Rochelle Grow. She is an amazing woman. And we talked about business networking for first-time small business uh, businesses, but you could also do it in all areas of your life because networking is also tied to your network. Like I said, your network is your net worth. And once again, Rochelle has an executive MBA from Pepperdine and a bachelor's in cognitive psychology from the University of California, Irvine. She loves cooking, enjoys CrossFit, and she is happily married to her husband, Chris, and they have a four-year-old son, Oliver. So she is well-rounded and very versatile. So make sure you tap in with her and learn some incredible gems. And until we chat next time, Peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share this segment with a friend to help them level up in all things networking. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.